Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With the end of the regular season approaching and playoffs right around the corner, 15 NHL teams will be looking to the future with the NHL Draft Lottery. And to celebrate, the Hockey Podcast Network has partnered with Tankathon.com and CoolHockey.com to bring you the Hockey Podcast Network NHL Draft Lottery Contest. The winner of the contest will win a $200 gift card to CoolHockey.com, the Internet's best source for ordering and customizing NHL officially licensed jerseys. So here's how you play. Visit Tankathon.com NHL and click Sim Lottery to create a 15-team simulation. You can run the simulator as many times as you like until you get the result that you think will best match the NHL's official draft lottery. Take a screenshot of your simulation and post it to the comments section of the Hockey Podcast Network's contest tweet on their official Twitter account, at HockeyPodNet. Then, make sure to tag a friend and retweet the post. You must follow at Tankathon, at CoolHockey, and at HockeyPodNet on Twitter to be eligible for entry. All entries must be submitted by April 4th at 11.59 Eastern. The winner of the $200 Cool Hockey gift card will be announced on Twitter following the NHL's official draft lottery. All contest information can be found at HockeyPodNet on Twitter. So what are you waiting for? Visit tankathon.com NHL right now and keep simulating until you get the result that you think will best win you your CoolHockey.com gift card. This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. This is the Broadway Boys Podcast through the Hockey Podcast Network, and you're listening to episode 52 as we are searching uh, in every corner of the world to talk hockey and talk about, you know, just anything New York Rangers. And obviously there isn't a lot to hit on. So we're going to have like a little bit of a special episode where we're going to discuss some equipment uh, that we use that we found to be the best growing up, uh, current uh, equipment that we use that, you know, we love right now, just to kind of break things apart and and hopefully you liked our guest last week, Jimmy from the Morning Skate. Uh, we'll have a couple different guests, I think, in the future. And, you know, so to break things up a little bit, we're going to get into a little equipment talk. But, uh, uh, Andy, how's everything going with you? How you living? Quarantine life? Tell me all about it. I'm doing as well as I can be. Uh, I spontaneously broke out into hives last week, so that was fun. Uh, 
you know, they, they finally have receded, which is good, but something doesn't really happen to me. So I guess I thought I was dealing with things well, but uh, who knows? But other than uh, spontaneous and extremely uncomfortable and annoying hives, I think I've finally hit a stride with finding my routine. Uh, today, my wife and I did a whole uh, spa day tr- type treatment because she's got all the facial masks and creams and stuff and she's like i'm doing it do you want to do it i'm like you know what why not and i am so i'm very relaxed right now there you Uh, go we've been uh hitting it hard in terms of some of the content here on the hockey podcast network between uh we have our twitch channel coming out soon so you're gonna have uh yours truly commentating some uh games that will be streamed live on twitch uh and also appearing on our youtube page for the hockey podcast network uh, yeah, we have bonus episodes. Uh, I'm currently putting the finishing touches on a draft ranking. Uh, you know, no one knows when the draft will be, but Shane from the Frozen Biscuits uh, podcast and I sat down and being the two uh, hockey prospect, uh, yeah, uh, I guess devo- so- devotees for the Hockey Podcast Network, we put together our 31 draft lists and uh, yeah, we ran, we kind of compared them. And we just gave our rundown for not necessarily where we think guys will be drafted, but more so where we think in terms of actual talent, they would be, they should be drafted, you know, cause it's going to be, we don't even know how it's going to slot out yet. So, but yeah, if you're, uh, want to get the skinny on some of the, uh, possible players that your franchise or team of choice is going to draft, it's especially if you're a Rangers fan, being able to have two first round picks, you definitely might want to listen to it on Patreon. It's only a dollar a month. So, yeah, if you can subscribe and support us for just one dollar a month, uh, the Hockey Podcast Network on Patreon. Uh, yeah, it's, there's a lot of fun content there. And especially that is a, it's an interesting sit down. And yeah, it's uh, if you want to find out more prospects, do that. So in a roundabout way, James, in a long winded way, I'm. I'm starting to find things to keep my mind busy as I am stuck indoors from and making sure I'm not slowly losing my mind. Well, I mean, I felt like, uh, you know, in the past, there wasn't much you didn't know already about the whole prospect world. And now I'm very confident to say that there isn't a person out there that you don't know about that has played hockey that could be that is considered maybe in the mix for a uh, top you know, in the, that's going to go in the top three rounds. I'm pretty sure you probably know everything about them. Uh, they're, you know, everything from, you know, <clears throat> their ceiling to how many wins they have in Fortnite. You probably know it all. So, uh, I definitely am looking forward mm-hmm. to seeing that list and certainly where you see the Rangers picking and who, who they might go after. Uh, I guess we can jump into, you know, the only news really to hit, uh, the New York Rangers world is obviously our owner has, come uh tested positive for the coronavirus and you know kind of what that means for the New York Rangers given that he was in the locker room after you know Mika scored the the five goals uh and I would imagine that he probably got it around that time or within the past man I'm sure he has not slowed down at all and followed any form of quarantine because you know I, I don't know if anyone who here follows the Knicks also but you know when the NBA was uh, you know, f- trying to f- talk to the owners and figuring out what they should do. I think Dolan might have been the only owner to say that he would carry on as usual and not and not uh, cancel or limit, you know, audience members and uh, audience members, uh, you know, fans and, uh, you know, you know, or, or suspend the season. So what are your thoughts on it? Uh, you know, 
and what do you think this means going forward now that, you know, actually owners of these sports teams are going to, are obviously exposed? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what it really, you know, obviously you don't want to see anyone get uh, sick or be in any sort of danger or endanger others. Uh, so obviously I wish James Dolan a speedy recovery, you know, uh, you know, Knicks fans might have complicated feelings towards him, but I mean, so far as a Rangers owner, he hasn't really meddled too much and he keeps his, uh, not that this should be the mark of whether or not you should cheer for someone to make a speedy recovery, but you know, for the most part as a, he does right by the Rangers, he's, uh, really, you know, he seemed to be really instrumental and comfortable in putting JD in that present spot. Um, as a uh, Glenn say, there was a stepping down as it were. So yeah, but you know, and in terms of what this means for the league with, uh, you, you know, I do wonder as an owner, well, you know, we're seeing a bit of it with, uh, some of the reticence from Jeremy Jacobs of the Boston Bruins uh, has been notoriously stingy throughout all this in terms of providing for his employees of the Bruins and the employees uh, at TD garden, uh, which is an awful look considering he's one of, I think he's one of the more affluent and flush uh, with, with cash uh, owners in the national hockey league. I think he's actually also the chairman of the, for, for in terms of, for the GMs of the, their representative for the board of governors. So, yeah, it's just, you know, I, 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 you do wonder how the fact that they are in contact, how this affects, you know, right now everyone should be sequestered anyway, but uh, yeah, you know, in terms of being able to continue to operate uh, their teams and their franchises, and I'm sure obviously as they work with the, be it the NBA or the NHL for some, cause some, most of these guys are dual owners. Um, so yeah, it's, I guess it's tough to see how, if it will change their perspective and how they're approaching things or if they're going to be if doesn't make it more real for them at that point if they were leaning one way are they now going to say you know what this was i had this run in and it scared me to death so i'm gonna i'm going to rail against any form of them trying to like prematurely you know especially if you know you want to be around to in it if they're going to try to like prematurely open you know back up these venues so yeah it's it's uh it's just, you know, you don't know how it affects their psyche or if it's going to affect their, what their bottom line is. And, but you just hope that no matter what, whether it's, uh, anyone, everyone's staying safe and not contracting this or making sure that they're not looking just at the dollars and cents figures and more just making sure that you're not going to endanger anyone who doesn't have to be needlessly, you know? So, uh, yeah, I guess I just wish, uh, Jim Dolan, a, a healthy recovery, you know, hopefully it said he was, uh, he was asymptomatic and then he was just continuing to run day-to-day operations from uh, a remote location where he is sequestered. So yeah. So, um, you know, hopefully he recovers and any decision he makes regarding the garden, the Knicks, the Rangers, et cetera, is, uh, you know, maybe hope perhaps this will give him some perspective and, uh, make, have him err on the side of caution. Yeah. And you know, anyone who knows who James Dolan is, he's obviously very, involved in a New York music scene too. And he's got a lot of, you know, friends that, you know, are obviously in some pretty big bands. And I am curious to, you know, to know who he was in contact with because, you know, he is friends with those people. So, um, and it's just not, you know, it, you know, obviously, you know, being the owner of the Rangers and Knicks and, and, and running Madison Square Garden, the Radio City Music Hall and the Beacon Theater, you're not just involved with athletes and it goes, you know, deeper than that with musicians, actors, comedians that he's 
constantly in contact with or as people are in contact with. So, uh, you know, it, it is interesting to see after all this kind of blows over, you know, hopefully sooner rather than later. It is I am curious to see how, you know, these, you know, owners and stuff handle, uh, you know, the, uh, you know, the ramifications of, of the coronavirus in terms of, you know, seating and, and how, you know, how we handle as a society, you know, large groups of people from now, you know, from now on, knowing how, you know, you know, it just goes to show you how quickly things can, you know, spread from person to person, because we are such a uh, close community, especially, you know, you know, in Manhattan and Long Island and just this whole metro area is really jam-packed and tight. And, you know, I'm, I'm curious to see how, you know, people handle things going forward. Also, you mentioned the Boston Bruins, uh, you know, guy not wanting to pay or that is interesting too, because these, a lot of people think that these owners sit on just a big pile of cash. And that's, unfortunately, that's not how business and these billionaires and millionaires have their money a lot of them have them in assets so paying people in actually cash like you know you really rely on the revenue coming in so i'm curious to see is like you they would have to i would imagine to do this long term that some of them probably would have to sell off assets and the problem is who's buying these assets (laughs) that to you know make you flush with cash so um you know, I think, you know, a lot of people are giving a lot of these owners a hard time. And, and of course, it's a bad look, and they should be absolutely be doing it. But uh, yeah, not a lot of these billionaires and millionaires are just sitting on a, you know, a throne of dollar bills to just hand out to people. You know, there's a it's a lot more complicated than that. So no, um, you know, and I am curious to see how after everything is all said and done, like, especially in the hockey world, because hockey is not very profitable to begin with. So you know, people that just own these hockey teams, you know, it's not it's not the easiest thing in the world for them to just, you know, start throwing money out there. So I think there's going to be some financial ramifications, especially for, the, you know, the smaller markets and stuff like that. You know, like them trying to do the good thing could also lead to, you know, you know, a long term hardship in terms of keeping an organization afloat. And there's only so much there's only so much you can do by throwing money at a problem. And usually that's not the cure for it. So. uh uh, you know, obviously, I hope all these owners can do the most that they possibly can do. But uh, I know, uh, unfortunately, it's just not reality for, you know, you know, it's it's tough. It's a really tough, tough look. And, you know, uh, you know, hopefully, you know, obviously, Dolan, um, you know, hopefully, hopefully, Dolan, obviously, gets over this. But, you know, I, I really do think hopefully this could be an eye opener for just you know, all the sports leagues in general, knowing that, you know, Dolan got it and I'm sure a few more others will get it too. And, you know, hopefully it'll, it'll, you know, kick, kick them in the butt to do the right thing. And I know he's asymptomatic, so I feel like that almost work, work against him. Yeah. You know, hopefully he's not like, he doesn't feel like he's invincible now. And then he's like, Oh, and now I know that I can't get it. So let's go forward. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? But, uh, like it's not that bad. Yeah, you made a great point that it's, it, you know, I do think that uh, some of the smaller market teams, especially, you know, your Ottawa's of the world, like, uh, yeah, it's it's interesting how this will affect their decision making. Uh, but, you know, yeah, definitely, I would say right now, it's like, obviously, you know, you make a good point, you can't throw money at it. But, uh, 
you know, I do think that they're the small, I think it's really just Dallas right now. And, uh, and yeah, the Bruins and I think Buffalo, the Pagulas and Buffalo too have like, uh, yeah, they've, they seem to be one of those things that they will, would only pay. I think that the problem is that they said they'll pay, but they'll only pay when dates are officially canceled instead of just saying like, they're not happening. I don't know if that's insurance reasons or whatever, but yeah, so it's just, just not a good look, but like you said, there's a lot of moving parts for this. So you hope that any decision making these owners make that it's based on the, you know, the health of the general health and the right thing to do for the public and not so much like recouping lost revenue. Yeah. So, well, yeah, well, it is very interesting too, just to look at the whole like part-time and full-time workers, you know, the part-time workers are probably more freelance workers. I know a ton of people that, you know, were part of the garden crew yeah, ice just crew. Uh, you know, I, yeah, ice crew, you know, on home games, and they didn't even work every game. So it was like, I don't know how they do it. Are they splitting it amongst them? Like, there's different things like to look at, obviously. And it's you know, obviously, you want everyone to do the right thing, but it's easier to point fingers and and blame people. But like when you're not in the room making these decisions and and stuff like that, and you know, you do feel bad for these smaller organizations that really, you know, the NHL kind of have kept afloat. You know what I mean? How many times have you heard the NHL doing things just so that Arizona Coyotes can stay in the in the state of you know Arizona? So, um, it's just like it's just interesting, uh, and this goes across all sports, just to see what these teams are gonna do, and then even going forward, maybe limiting the amount of fans that are in the games. You know, that's a huge, huge part of uh you know revenue that these teams rely on. Uh, you know, then that means automatically vendor sales would go down. You know, there's a ton of things that going forward, I think all the whole sports organization are going to, um, you know, have to look at and analyze and hopefully, you know, everyone can do the right thing, but all in all, you know, it's, this is, this is serious. So it's gonna, it's gonna affect long-term, not just, you know, the here and now. Absolutely. Uh, but you know, we can kind of put an end to it. There was a, a question that uh, I wanted to ask you and what your thoughts sure. were. And this is a hypothetical that was sent in to me uh, by you know, a good friend of mine, uh, TD. Uh, if you're ever listening, how's everything going? Uh, so he texted me this morning and he said that the Rangers should target Coyotes Christian Dvorak to fill the role of the second center, second line center. Coyotes Ooh. are up against the cap ceiling. They have no first round pick this year from the Taylor Hall deal. All their D except for OEM are unrestricted, unrestricted free agents after next season. Rangers can get something decent for Strom coming off his best season. They can, they can use the first round pick they got from Carolina as part of the deal, along with a high level prospect, perhaps Hayek or Rykov. He's under contract for six years at $4.45 million. Should be at least a 50-point player with Panarin. Very good on face-offs. Good deal for both teams. Ooh, so I actually love Devo. He's a great player. So that is actually a very, you know, the more I think about this now, that's actually, a, you know, because obviously we ta- our friends and uh, our luminaries and our compatriots, we all kind of throw around hypotheticals. Like, what if the Rangers target this guy? That, you know, that is a great point. You know, Arizona is obviously attempting to re-sign Taylor Hall. Yeah. Uh, you know, so that that's a that'll be a big figure even, you know. Um they are up against the cap. They do not you're right, they don't have they did waste a first round in 
I do feel like their GM, if it looks like they were going to miss again, he's running out of time. Um, John, John Chaka, you know, because he's been there for how long now? Maybe four or five years. And I mean, the fact that they haven't yet made the playoffs, I think, and it looks like they were going to be, they were, they were kind of finally right on the bubble, but as it, as it stands today, if the playoffs started and they didn't change anything, is Arizona in or out right now? Um, I just had the standings up before. And... Yeah, sorry, because I do think this is a big, big part of it. Oh, I have them right here. Arizona is currently out of the playoffs right now. So, yes. I mean, yeah, I mean, you know. I mean, they it's... very easily could have made it, but yeah, right now they are out. Well, so yeah, so I think that's a very... I mean, obviously, I think if the Rangers would love to target a guy like Dvorak, you do wonder if they feel that strong, you know, in, in a Broussard for uh, Zibanejad-esque move, do they feel that Strom right now is an upgrade over Dvorak if they can't? Well, I don't think Strom necessarily needs to go to Arizona. No, yeah, I'm just trying to think of yeah. in, in terms of possible combinations, because I do think if Arizona is trying to make the playoffs, that seems to be their why I don't understand why they would give up Dvorak for just like a first round pick and a prospect if they're trying to get in. I think any move they make is going to be similar to Ottawa many those moons ago and say like, what is the thing that maybe we give up this kid who is good, but is not quite there yet. But for someone who's maybe more polished, but you know, is maybe more akin to what we hope he could be in his prime. And you can also grab a defenseman or, you know, that first round pick that you know yeah i mean uh you know and obviously i don't think Dvorak is yeah Dvorak is not you know what you know i mean and that's why i'm saying if it had to be someone who interests them because they don't want to subtract from their center core you know because they have honestly because you could argue that but Dvorak and Stepan both at this point are two c's right like Mm -hmm. You know, uh, so yeah, it's tough. You you can't just give up if you if you don't have a, a true first liner. You know, you're gonna want to have at least two like two A uh, centers. So yeah, I do, I do. I mean, I don't see how this gets done. This something like that would get done without a guy like Strom going, uh, going back to them. But yeah, you wonder. It's like Strom is also a free agent, which would muddy it up. So yeah, I think it's obviously a guy the Rangers would love to target. It's just about enticing them. But again, I you know I could see why the Rangers would want to do it. Uh, and I could the only way I could see Arizona do, wanting to do it is if they can get someone back to replace his production. Maybe he's a little bit better than Dvorak is now. But <clears throat> although I think Dvorak's ceiling is very high, you know he's twenty four years old. I think he'll get better. Uh, I think he's a guy, he strikes me as a guy who's like, especially because he's been, not that he hasn't had talent to play with, but, you know, I think he's finally, but yeah, just as maturing into that center role. Um, you know, I am curious to w- see where he plays in the lineup most nights. Uh, is he playing with Kessel and Keller? Is he playing with uh, Hall? I don't, yeah, I don't even know. So, but um, yeah, I think he's he's a guy that I've, I've pretty much always liked his game. Uh, so, yeah, but and the Rangers and Arizona do have a trade history. So, yeah, I think I think it's obviously something that could happen. I just would be very tr- interested to see how both teams could make it work to make it palatable for both all parties involved. So I think that's where I'm a little caught up. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that the first makes enticing. So maybe if the Rangers are like, yeah, I don't know, you know, you have a guy like Strom who 
is obviously a competent two C. You have a late first. Maybe you do take back Dvorak, and if you're like not comfortable for just that, maybe they give you Dvorak in like a third or something. Yeah, maybe that's maybe that's worthwhile. Who knows? Yeah, I mean the Rangers could obviously they will have two first round picks this year, uh, and then because you'd hope that late first would turn into Dvorak. So if you know, maybe it's a little bit overpayment, but you're it's the position you're in. So yeah, who knows? Dvorak, right, and uh, then it's Stroman a first for Dvorak, and maybe a, a, a lesser pick to balance it out. Yeah, I mean you can all obviously Rangers have uh, you know a plethora of prospects too, or you know throwing an AHL guy. You know even if they threw in Fogarty to help, you know, kind of, you know, I don't know if Fogarty would be uh, an asset on that team right away, but, you know, it it certainly wouldn't hurt their their team. I, the thing is, though, and I don't know how you feel about this. Yeah. There are certain teams in the NHL where I'm like, I don't see this team making the playoffs. And yet that's that they seem to be like they're it's like a bust if they don't make the playoffs, but I don't yeah. even see this team. I don't see the coyotes as like a definite, like, Oh, they're underachieving if they don't make the playoffs. Like it's almost, they're like, they're almost like they're projecting themselves as the Buffalo of the West where Buffalo is like, <laughs> missed the playoffs again. If you look at Buffalo's roster, it's like, yeah, they're not a lock for the playoffs. I mean, they, do they have a shot at it? Yeah, sure. But like I wouldn't necessarily look at Buffalo's roster at the beginning of this season and be like, "That's a playoff team." And I never, yeah. I didn't do the same thing with Arizona either. Yeah, you know. So I think if you look at Arizona, I they're a team that I actually they have like I think I like their depth. I just don't think they have those elite pieces. Like, you know, you you have Kessel who has a doesn't really click so much for him this year. He's uh, you know, let me pull up everyone's stats just to make sure I'm not speaking out of school here. Uh, Arizona Coyotes. Here we go. Stats. All right. Um, player stats. Yeah. So, I mean, Clayton Keller is their young up up and coming star, right? But he only forty four points. So with the with in seventy games. So in twelve games, he's not he's not hitting fifty. Maybe he does if he. Well, he might actually at that pace. But he could hit fifty maybe. But yeah, Schmaltz. Nick Schmaltz actually led that team. You know who. Schmaltz kind of broke out a bit in Chicago, but then was flipped in the uh, uh, that uh, what's what's his name uh, Strom's younger brother, the Dylan Strom trade with yeah. uh, Jalmerson and a few other pieces. But yeah, you know Connor Garland, Dvorak, Kessel, thirty eight points in seventy games. So that's you know and only only set, uh, fourteen goals for which for him is you know uh, he's not a playmaker. Trust me. So. Yeah, Stepan had 28 points in 70 games. I know he's no longer really their number one, but Taylor Hall, he only played 35, you know, uh, games for them, and he had 27 points in that span. I don't know why this is not showing me his points for the year in general, which is stupid, but yeah, just, I mean, honestly, they don't have a 1C. Uh, You can argue that they bring in Taylor Hall to be their elite winger because, you know, whether Kessel's on the downswing and, and Keller's not there yet, they don't really have, you know, he should be their uh you know 27 and 30 uh points in 35 games isn't exactly bad for getting adjusted to a new team but you know they and then obviously their number one you'd say they're they have John Merson as their kind of shutdown guy but it by even by his standards it looked like his year was just okay and then you know obviously Ekman Larson is their captain and their number one D and I'm uh in terms of Jesus Christ is he even on here yeah I mean he had 30 points so he didn't have a terrible year pretty good for a defenseman but it's like yeah it just no one really had a I don't think anyone had a breakout year for them 
and they're just kind of a middle, you know, they have a lot of good like second and third line players and middling D, but they just didn't have, you know, the Rangers had two guys, you know, you had a defenseman who, who finally just busted out. You had a heart caliber perform season by two of their players. And yes, they just, they could have used that because maybe they would be in, but uh, they didn't have it. So like you said, you know, Buffalo for all their warts, they're, they're the opposite. They have high end pieces. They just lack depth. So yeah, who knows? Maybe they should trade with one another, but <laughs> yeah. yeah, they're, they're, they're kind of like, <laughs> they're kind of, they are kind of like the, the Buffalo of the West. So yeah, you know, and even, even, you know, Florida, like, you know, they're a team that seemingly has it all on paper and they still can't, we're having a hard time putting it together, but yeah, uh, I would love TLDR. I'd love a kid like Devo. I just, let's see to make it work. It would be interesting. I think it could happen. It could be done. It's just, you have to entice them somehow to say, you know, and prey on a G, on a GM who's probably looking, he's whose job is in danger. If he, they don't make it next year. I don't know how, I don't know who knows. Maybe he gets fired this summer if they're out, you know, because if, but I mean, I don't we'll think see. a lot of people are going to get fired this summer. I mean, well, that's the biggest thing. I think it's so that, Yeah, that actually might help him then, you know, yeah. the, but may or maybe make push him to like know that I have to make him. This team needs to make be in the playoffs next year or else I'm done. Because I think at this point, you know, when how much runway does Chaka get, you know, like. I mean, yeah, I mean, there's a ton of questions and stuff like that. And obviously the Rangers, you don't know who they're married to in terms of their prospect pool. So. You know, if they feel yeah. that, you know, center depth is the most important thing they need to address going forward, knowing that they're going to end up losing Strom or they don't want to give Strom uh, the money that he'll demand, in, especially if he goes to arbitration, uh, you know, you know, then the Rangers might might just, you know, obviously go for it and, and take yeah. a shot with this kid who obviously has got term and uh, doesn't, you know, really hurt you in terms of the cap, uh, especially next year uh, yeah. when you're going to, you know you know, obviously next year is going to determine a lot for the Rangers uh, in terms of, you know, their, their cap and their room, because after next year, then a lot of things come, you know, a lot of players come off the books and we'll be, you know, we'll be in the midst of, you know, the beginning of our playoff pushes and runs towards the Stanley cup. And we'll need, we'll need depth players for sure. You know, especially at the center position. Dvork only makes uh, 4.45 until 2025 the 2024 2025 season which is pretty good and like you said he's like trending to be at least around a 50 point player so you know if he if he has a if he breaks out especially put him with Panarin I mean like you said it's almost like you know he's capable I think he's you know his game uh I don't think it's it's yeah I mean I wouldn't say he's as uh where Strom is definitely more of a finesse player I you know uh I mean, Dvorak is, you know, he's just kind of a more of a, I think meat and potatoes maybe sells him short, but he's one of those guys that he's just, yeah, he's just a well-rounded, responsible guy. And I think he's got some offensive upside to him, especially some untapped, you know? So yeah, who knows? Maybe he's the next Ryan Strom. So yeah, it's uh, interesting. So that's a great suggestion uh, by your buddy, James. Yeah. All right. So uh, let's get into the meat and potatoes of, of the podcast. Uh, and talk about, you know, some of the equipment that we used uh, either growing up or right now or, you know, just any equipment really that um, our favorite hockey equipment. Yeah. So, I mean, I didn't really. I mean, I really focused on skates and sticks. I mean, I could have we could have done a whole podcast probably on skates and then sticks, uh, sticks, especially growing up. Um, 
you know, what I loved using and stuff like that. But, you know, if we, if you want to start top to bottom, we can start out at the, uh, the helmet bu- bu- bucket to the bucket. bucket to skates. Yeah. Bucket to skates. If you want to go, uh, that sure, yeah. and then maybe right. end with, sure. Like, I mean, for me, the helmet was easy. I wrote down one thing and that was the Bauer 4,000. It was, you classic, know, yeah. it was, it was just the classic helmet. It was, it's, it's the perfect fit. I think it's got an un like an unreal look. It was ahead of its time. Um, I I did have the which one had the the clips on the side. Was that the next one up? The five thousand forty. The or is it the the clips were you mean where it's like you pop them up to do the adjustment forward and back? Yes. Oh, that's was that the forty? No, Might have been the forty forty five hundred. Yeah, maybe? I think it was forty five. Yeah. Um, I had that. But um, uh, I'm a four. I'm a four thousand guy. So yeah, uh, yeah, that was my look. So nice. Um, so uh, for me, uh, James, you know this that my head is very oblong. It's it's not necessarily wide, but it's tall and it's bi- it's a big head, but it's not like big in terms of that like width. It's more like a compressed but oval shaped head. So yeah, the the forty five did not fit me well. Uh, a lot of Bowers helmets didn't fit me well. Although the bucket I'm wearing right now, it's one of the reacts actually. It's, I, you know, it's funny. I find the cheaper helmets usually fit me better than like the nicer, the nicer ones with all the, the stupid foams and the adjustments, which you would think it'd be the other way around, but that's not the case. Yeah. Because usually the less padding at the top of it, the better that my strangely shaped head fits in nicer. So it's like, I usually, cause you know, my problem is that if what the bucket I think would fit me on paper ends up being, uh, either too, too loose and you have to put it on the tightest adjustment and it just doesn't fit nicely it's like too tight it's like loose on my temples but tight on the back of my head but uh i was finally there are two buckets that i i love and that fit me well one is the uh the original although i think it's ccm actually makes it now but it's the uh the what is it the rebut uh actually i have it here it's the what wait hold on sorry it's the it's all right, well. I'll say the one I'm. I'm my favorite helmet of all time is the Easton E four thousand, which uh, is not made anymore because Easton does not doesn't exist anymore. They were bought out by Barrower, but yeah, it was like very sleek, which I liked because usually, you know, I if I found a helmet that fit me, I looked like remember Messier had the helmet that was like absurdly large in the sides. It looked like he was wearing like the top of a, of a, a fire like a, a you know what do you what do you call it? a uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> like yes. a, a fire hydrant on his head right you know what i'm talking about yes yes yeah yep. yeah you know Messier. you know it's an iconic look but at the same time he looked like he was he looked like he was in devo you know you know we are devo whip it all that so yeah yeah but, uh, yeah but the easton e400 uh super sleek help bucket loved it it was great um so that like in later years obviously because i you know james grew up playing hockey outside of a little bit of road hockey here and there and a few failed stints at starting, I only really came to hockey like in my mid to late twenties. So, you know, now it's like a little less than 10 years ago. So obviously my stuff might be a little bit later, but although there was obviously gear I, I lusted after as a, a not as a kid who wanted to play hockey, but um, yeah, the Easton 400 and then uh, yeah, the CCM fit light was the other one that fit me well, which is the helmet that Datsuk used to wear. Because if you notice, mm-hmm. Datsuk also has an oval shaped head and it worked well for him, you know, because it was like, for whatever reason, it like it just it fit my head. Uh, 
And yeah, I love I love Elsa Datsuk was my favorite non Rangers player of all time, possibly. So, um, yeah. So I, you know, I, it's another th- reason I love that bucket, too. So, uh, yeah. So for me, the Houston E400 and the CCM or, or originally with Reebok uh, Fitlight helmet. Uh, I love them because I have a weird shaped head. Uh, just to let you know if you know people probably will. This could be the depending on how you react to this information. But I was I what in the beginning, like in the I would say Pee Wee. I had a chrome cage, and in high school I used a chrome cage. I was that type of guy. So if you want to shut off the podcast and never listen to us again, I understand oh, that. Man. And then you know, obviously, when I got a little bit older into the bantams and and, and midgets, I had the classic even in prep school i had the classic uh you know i i had a black cage but i spray painted it white and it had a little bit of the chips to it so yeah, um, look yeah it was it did was you, did you look. did you have it flapping college style you know loosen straps all the way um no i i wasn't i wasn't uh i got popped when i was younger and i always had a weird thing about leaving the cage loose so the yeah. cage was not like tight to my chin, but it was not like a loose, like I know what you're talking about. And I was <laughs> yeah. not one of those guys because I hurt my jaw, like really bad to the point where I thought I broke it. But, you know, obviously I didn't. But uh, yeah. Um, yeah. So after that, I always kept it kind of kind of close. I took the J clips out, though. Like I certainly yeah. wasn't. Oh, yeah. No, because, you know, they the, honestly, uh, especially if you fall sometimes and they're there to stop it it like those j clips can do more harm than good sometimes because it's like if you hit something or it's something comes up and hits it from under instead of it just kind of like going up you think it would protect you but sometimes it just like it like then you you end up it mushes it into your face and then there's no movement and just hurts so exactly yeah um or it's all right yeah uh so yeah i never wear j clips uh all right we can go down i don't know if you want to touch on uh neck guards but the one neck guard that I used was made by Bauer and it was more of like a mock turtleneck that like you just slipped over and it kind of went underneath your shoulder pads, like over your shoulders. Uh, um, like, like Thomas Plakanich. Yeah. And then I also obviously as a younger kid, uh, I also did the move where you taped the uh, I taped the the neck guard. So it was as thin as possible. But there were certain leagues and tournaments in high school you had to have uh a neck guard so that was like my worst nightmare though yeah no no neck guard for me obviously because uh by the time i came to hockey i was like uh no neck guard so yeah i mean although you know you see enough you've seen enough crazy injuries that you know if it's especially with the way technology is now it's like with the the cut resistant socks and like neck guards it's almost like to me it's almost getting to the point it's like why risk it if it like would didn't really affect your game but obviously like most things especially in like beer league it's about in men's league it's like about about, about comfort so uh you know, you know half the guys aren't wearing uh you know ha- uh, shoulder pads period so you know at, at that point in neck guard but you never know it's one of those things that i don't yeah. wear one but maybe I mean, bauer made a great mock turtleneck type neck guard yeah thing. i don't know why every kid just wouldn't wear that because it didn't even look like a neck guard it wasn't like yeah it's like no velcro up. to it. it just slipped right over your head and it was yeah. almost like just a continuation of your shirt. Well, even, uh, you know, for the kids now, they, the, it's all about the base layer. So, like, you know, because, A, it's like you're not sweating into your equipment. You can just take it off, wash that. It doesn't really affect your equipment. And, B, they have it where it's like everything is built in. It's like the base layer 
has a neck guard built in. It's right. got the the ridges, like it's got pads over where your knees should go and your elbows. So a, it holds your your uh, elbows and your shins and elbows in place. And b, it's like if you it's extra padding if you go down. And then yeah, just you're not sweating to your equipment. So like I. I assume, you know, it's like most of the kids, I assume kids now all like wear that stuff too. Like you put on a base layer or whatever, you know, because yeah. if I was a parent, like obviously just in terms of protecting your gear from breaking down due to sweat and odor anyway. And, you know, little kids are nasty, man. They just, you know, they'll, yeah, they just, ugh. yeah. Uh, all right. So we can get into, I guess, shoulders and elbows. We'll kind of sure. we'll do it as a pairing. I mean, right now I have warrior shoulder pads and Bauer elbow pads. Bauer elbow pads were given to me. Um, the, the warrior I have actually, um, I found out that I don't know if they do this anymore, but back in the day, they, uh, uh, hockey monkey sold intermediate double XL was just basically a, an adult medium or whatever, whatever yeah. sizes they run. And yeah. it was 20 bucks cheaper than if you went on just the adult version. So they were kind of oh, nice. scamming people and i got it for 20 bucks cheaper so uh by buying the intermediate level equipment which was and you just buy it at the largest size was actually adult equipment just a smaller size so it was very interesting how they did that but uh uh so uh worth a shot if if yep. you know if you're looking for new equipment but yeah i mean bauer and warrior uh it's it's pretty good i mean yep. i don't know it stays in place that's all i needed, needed to do yeah absolutely uh, again, so for me as like a pride, uh, predominantly, uh, men's league player now is that, uh, you know, shoulder pads are, you know, I obviously wanted the protection from shots if you get hit up high, but you don't need, you know, you, you sometimes you see these protective shoulder pads and you, they, you look like a linebacker, you look like an asshole. You know what I mean? You're not, you're not yeah. getting crunched by Dustin Buffalo and you don't need them. So I actually bought a used pair of, uh, ccm they're the u plus series or whatever the, the the they had the crazy light and the crazy strong so i think they're crazy light the crazy light shoulder pads so they were pretty low profile to begin with but they were comfortable but then i took the shoulder caps off because even they were still too big and i ordered a um eagle hockey i don't even know if they're still around uh they saw on their website that you would sell like replacement parts and like i ordered the lowest profile shoulder caps they made and just ordered those and then I just sewed them on like myself with like an out all. Uh, so yeah, I have like a pair of Franken shoulders. So it's great. So it's like still light, but pretty protective and a lot of coverage on the chest. And then I have these very small shoulder caps on them. And yeah, they're great. I love them. They're like broken, properly broken. And now I've had to like re, 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 uh, you know, cause it's not, they weren't clearly weren't made. So they just like the, it was, I kind of did like the first time I did, I didn't do a very good job. So I've had to like re stitch them on with or the elastic but you know because a lot of the you look at the some of the shoulder pads now that they sell and they're just not i don't want to say they're overkill because i'm sure they'll protect you well but it's like they have like floating vents over the every crack and but then you can't like move them they're uncomfortable so these are like pretty elasticy. so there's coverage but at the same time they're super low profile you know if i fall it's like hopefully i won't separate a shoulder but you know they're, they're they keep they have no no complaints like the chest is good and then the shoulders work nice so yeah. Oh, and you said uh, your elbows too. Yeah, I th my elbows are just like a very low level pair of Bowers. I think they're the they're like va they're like the Vapor V something. They're like you know they're very low profile. Again, it's men's league. I'm not gonna. It's just it's more of just about falling and not cracking your your uh, your elbow. You know, 
So yeah. And they do the job. It's like you're not getting hacked and whacked as much. So does the job for me. Nice. All right. So let's do pants and shin pads. Uh, again, mine are uh, warrior shin, shin guards. Uh, again, very simple. Uh, you know, you know, I, I put mine over my I don't have my tongue out, so everything goes over my tongue. So yeah. uh, the bottom gets chewed up pretty easily. But uh, after that, it creates a little bit more room down there once all that, you know, breaks apart. And then uh, pants for me, I actually am current. I, I used to be a big girdle guy. Um, I had a couple of knee to knee, uh, well, knee to shin issues, like thigh issues in college. I got hurt a couple of times. Uh, so I moved to a, a girdle that was really protective. And then now I use, um, I, I got to be an extra on the show billions as an Islander. And I actually use, uh, the Islander CCM pants that they have. And I put a shell over it. So nice. I have a question to ask you. How's your sock game? Are you wearing the same basic socks day in and day out? Are you showing your feet the same amount of style and attention you show your pants and jackets? Well, you're in luck, because I am proud to announce the Hockey Podcast Network Ugly Sock Contest, presented by SouthernScholar.com. Southern Scholar is a hockey player-owned menswear company whose primary focus is providing you with a better dress sock option through a monthly subscription to their shop. Crafted with their one-of-a-kind signature material blend and designed with classic color palettes and timeless patterns, their socks are built specifically to stay in place throughout your workday and add a subtle, sophisticated twist to your everyday attire. By partnering with the Hockey Podcast Network, Southern Scholar wants to help get you out of your old, boring socks and into a pair of beautifully crafted and stylish dress socks by giving away a free March subscription box to the winner of the THPN Ugly Sock Contest. Post a picture of your ugliest pair of socks to the contest post pinned to our Twitter profile at Broadway Boys Pod by March 31st, and James and I will select one winner to win a free March subscription box courtesy of southernscholar.com. That's all you have to do. So take off your shoes, rummage through that sock drawer of yours, snap a picture of the ugliest, most basic, boring, hole filled, stinky, Islanders colored socks you own. And you can finally treat your feet to the style and flair they deserve with a free pair of dress socks, courtesy of southernscholar.com. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so I am ex- the exact same thing for different reasons. Um, my, well, my, I mean, not my shins are just, they're like lesser Bauer shins. They're like Bauer. Again, they're like probably, v- v- you know, uh, vapor, whatever. The first year the vapor line came out, whatever those shins are, they're like, and like the one of the lower ends. Although I took, uh, I actually took some of the foam out of the original shoulder caps on the CCMs and I used it to like reinforce the, the kneecap. So there's like a little extra padding there. Yeah. So, yeah, so that I did that. And then, uh, I, I still wear it occasionally. I have, I was a big girdle guy as well. Um, I, I had the, the warrior, uh, the project girdle, which was okay. Like it was cool. It was like really mobile, which was good, but it like. You know, it was mobile, but it was like wasn't very protective. And then they had the Dynasty girdle, and I I love that. I still have it. I wear it out when I occasionally, but it's like very hot and it's close to the body, but it's like super mobile. Like you can like do you just yeah, it's like you can do like much better range of motion. So you just you know that in a shell is good. But uh, you know, I just I just wanted to see if pants were better 
you know, especially like you're playing summertime hockey, you know, a lot of men's leagues run to the summer and it was just like too much, you know? So I, uh, got a, I have a pair of, uh, they're lesser, they're the, the lesser, not the, not Supreme, uh, the, the they're like lesser Nexus pants. Um, okay. Yeah. 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 They're like, they're, I don't even know what they're, what line they're, they're just like very low. Cause those pants are run big. So they're actually mediums, even though I should probably be like a, uh, in terms of my size, it's a large, but again, it's like, I like a little bit lower profile anyway. And I, I have like a big old butt, but like my waist isn't exactly, you know, super out distended or anything. So it's like to get pants that fit are kind of strange, you know? So, uh, yeah, they're, they're, they're medium sized, lower end, uh, Nexus Bauer Nexus, like just general public Nexus pants. Although, uh, I, you know, uh, I have been looking at uh, pro, like a nice pair of pro stock pants, you know, because they're beefed up a little bit. But at the same time, you can, yeah, they 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 make every pro stocks better everywhere. Kids across the board. If you're a hockey player, you want to buy a new stick, don't like drop three hundred dollars on like a, three, whatever three fifty whatever stick costs now. You know, it has holes in it. Like, go to pro stock hockey, get a pro stock stick. It, you're getting a top of the line stick for much cheaper. So do that. And same thing with your pants. You get they're beefed up, they're protective or. So yeah, I've been looking at some of this. You said the CCM. I actually was looking at getting. Uh, I forget what they're called. The, uh, I think that's the HG something. But yeah, it's like I'm looking at getting CCM Pro Stock pants in the in the future because the, apparently they make a. They're the I think they're the ones that McDavid wears because it's like good for guys that are like tall, but at the same time aren't exactly you know broad. It's not like tank build pants. They're like slimmer, but at least work for guys that are like want like a more traditional pant but it's they're still a skinny guy themselves so yeah i i always remember supra yes yeah oh, that God, was uh those are the yeah i you know f- f- it's funny when i think of supra i always think of uh what's his face on the the capitals who had the jersey tucked the defenseman what's his fuck um uh, not i afraidy nuts although maybe he had it too everyone had the super pants but yeah, like with the, I mean, with the tuck you know that was the big thing because you saw the super logo was right on that hip protector yeah it was so bigger than everyone everyone the, everyone, yeah. everyone the jersey tuck you'd see the big super logo yeah it was bigger than the team logo the ccm belt and like the, the nhl logo <laughs> yeah and i don't I think, know how they got away with yeah, that i'm looking at it here yeah so even the super logo was underneath the team logo on the pants also yeah i mean you know and yeah, that and, and Tacla were oh Tac yeah Tacla. You know, you see, you definitely see a lot of the older guys still rock the the Supra or the or the Tacla now. You know, yeah, absolutely. Who have the you know because especially, I uh, yeah one, I, I don't think Tacla was ever you know you could wear it, but I think like for one point Supra was like the you know the most uh, widely worn pant in the NHL for a bit. You know, and yeah. especially in the early nineties, so. Yeah. Uh, all right. So gloves, I use yeah, right. pro stock, uh, CCMs. Um, I tell you, I mean, I was, I've basically been given gloves. Uh, I had Bauer vapors in prep school. Yeah. I had in college, I had, uh, the Bauer, I forget what brand they were. But now I, I've switched to CCMs. I don't think I'll ever go back. I mean, the CCMs I have now, the pro stock model, are just unbelievable. I, I bought a pair of Blackhawk uh, colored because uh, black and red, I think, are you know yeah. the dope best colors. color scheme. Yeah, dope, just easy. They're simple. And uh, yeah, so I don't think I can ever go back. I mean, they're just that comfortable. Um, yeah, I, I, again, 
and they're cheap too. Like yeah. if you go on CCM Pro Stock, I got the pair for fifty bucks. Like you can't beat that. No, you can't. Um, yeah. So gloves. Uh, again, I've like changed it up a lot because you blow through a pair, and I'm honestly, I think the answer is I'm just too lazy to go get them like repalmed somewhere. You know yeah. what I mean? So, but so there's too many. Like, I've, but I've you know I had. Uh, a few pairs of CCM gloves. I definitely, I like a glove that's like, some guys like looser gloves and I absolutely hate that. Like I can't, like I can't do it. Like when it feels like it's going to fall off while you're skating, like I don't get it. Like, yeah, you know, but I know guys that love that, but at the same time, like obviously you like, yeah, you need the, so there's a difference between it being like too tight and small and like, so, but my absolute favorite pair of gloves I've ever had were, they were Eagle. Uh, I, I think they were, they were like, Eagles version of a smaller four roll, if that makes any sense. Like, you know, the CCM, the classic CCM four roll, like the big ones. Yes. They had, Eagle had something like that, but it was like shrunk down. So it was almost like a tighter fitting version of the four roll. So I don't even know what it was called. I just saw it. I found the size of fit and it was navy blue uh, with gold. The logo across the cuff was it said Eagle. It was like gold logo with navy. Uh, so it almost maybe it was like a almost like what who's who's college colors is, is it like notre dame or something so who knows maybe it was like a notre dame pro stock or something because that was very weird but um yeah i absolutely love them um right now you know i blew through those those i still have them, but they, obviously they need to be repomped because like they're they're just chewed up and at a certain point i'm just like i can't anymore so right now i'm wearing true gloves which i actually like because it's kind of like similar like i whatever they're not the a series i think it's the other one whatever the the TC series, which is like a little bit closer fitting glove, which I like. They're pretty good. They're, you know, and again, I, with gloves, I always find that I like that the cheaper the gloves, they're usually a little bit, um, they're bad at first, but then you break them in and then they're more mobile and they don't have as many like material and bells and whistles. And I just want, again, I'm not getting hacked and slashed so much. So like protection isn't the biggest thing for me, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And I also don't play very high end like men's league. I'm not like, against super competitive guys that are like trying to like stick lift me like a nightmare, you know? So I don't have my, the problems I face are definitely nowhere near as maybe some of the needs of some of the other guys who do like, you know, especially some, uh, out where you are in Jersey. I know it can get, shit can get pretty competitive, but you know, for me, it's like, I just needed something that fits and it is like, it's more about comfort and not bothering me than anything. So yeah. Well, tighter fitting glove, uh, Eagle, Eagle glove favorite all time. Uh, I used to, I used to rock again with my silver cage. I also, we were, my first my high school before i left for prep school i we were gray um we had gray so i had uh, silver uh gloves with my silver chrome chrome cage (laughs) so i was uh yeah i was that kid so uh yeah well just to just before we move away from gloves the gloves that when i wasn't playing but i wanted was uh the god of hockey style as everyone knows is sergey fedorov no ifs or buts no one has ever looked better uh in their kit or gear whatever their style whatever you want to call it than sergey fedorov obviously uh and in you know he played through a lot of different eras but in the like the best era where he was like rocking the the nike white zoom skates which i'm sure we'll talk about later he had that cuff that was just red it was a red nike glove with the white cuff and then just the red nike swoosh on it yeah. the check the check and i wanted those so bad because <laughs> he looked so fucking cool you know pardon my french uh and yeah it was just it was just dope and he had you know he had for the time he had like pretty sick mitts too so 
but yeah, uh, I wanted those gloves real bad, but I didn't play hockey then. I just played road hockey and street hockey and, but I wanted them. So, yeah. Uh, all right. So we, we might as well get into skates then because skates for me were obviously a huge thing growing up. Yeah. Especially yeah. in youth hockey when you're going through them, you know, so quick, you know, it feels like almost every other year you're going getting a new brand new pair of skates. Uh, you know, I originally had black tooks. I was one of the people that actually had. Oh, my, Yager, my, Yager style. Yeah, my dad had them, and I always wanted to use them. So I always, I always had black tooks. Uh, and I didn't understand the whole took thing until I was like in in college. Like, yeah, I just knew everyone liked the black tuck, and there weren't a lot out there, and it was and it was rare. So I don't know. I yeah. just I had them. Um, I rocked graphs for a while. I was a big graph yeah. guy. Uh, they were super comfortable. Uh, and then after that, I went into the Bauer Supremes. After that, I went to Bauer Vapors. And we could talk about the Bauer, you know, Supreme versus ba- Vapor. Uh, I think overall, I have to say Supremes were probably the most comfortable that I've yeah. had. But the Vapor had the look and everything. And, and uh, you know, yeah. now I'm a, va- I'm a Vapor guy. I currently wear Vapor, the 2X Pros. I just bought them last year. Uh, they are, they're pretty good. Um, yeah. Not the best skate that I've ever had. Uh, they're okay. It's it's they're getting used to. I'm definitely getting used to them. It's an adjustment for me. Yeah. Now for me, uh, I went through a few different skates because it's like, you know, as a getting into it as older like guy, I was like, all right, you know, first you're learning, so you get a pretty crappy pair of skates. Uh, so I did. I had a. They were like a, the lowest end Bauer Vapor, and I hated them. Because they just hurt every time I put them on. No, I you know punched them out, baked them in, you know wore them for uh, you know a year plus, and they just sucked. Like you know they were they're fine, like they were fine for what they're supposed to be. But like clearly, I didn't know much about like I thought that was it was what it was. I was like, oh, I just have to like you know get used to it or whatever. Or you're always gonna have lace bite or whatever. But you know I have a very strange foot. My I have a very wide forefoot and then my heel is very narrow. So it's like I either when trying on skates or trying to find something that fit me was either like you get it. You either have to like get something narrow to get it to get your heel to lock in and then punch them out in the sides. And there's no guarantee that'll work or it'll fit. So uh, I eventually moved on to the Reebok uh, rib core, the one with the pump on it. Yes. And yeah. And I got to tell you, man, like that work did the trick for a little bit. They weren't the most like because they were wide, but you had the pump. And if you pumped it, it like compressed the bat literally compressed on your ankle to like lock it in. So it was like perfect. Or I thought, you know, so I thought. But, you know, at the same time, in terms of just being a skate, it was like, you know, they were. I don't know. It was like. It wasn't the most ergonomic thing. They were a little heavy for skates. You know what I mean? So I was just like, all right, so. I wanted obviously to be like more fleet of foot or whatever, or just whatever, you know, whatever dumb things I told myself to try to make myself better to, to compensate for the fact that I suck. But eventually, uh, my favorite, I stumbled upon my favorite skates of all time, which are the Easton Mako twos, which I put them on and they literally felt like a running shoe. And I was like, Oh my God, these are amazing. You know, I, I modified them because they had that Easton holder, which they were pitched so far, like high in the heel and forward that you felt like you were like about to go like on a roller coaster. So I like took those off and I put the the tucks on them. Uh, And, you know, so then that was my favorite, my skates for a few years and I loved them and I still have them. They're actually right now they're, they're my roller blades for like street hockey and and roller hockey. Cause it's like, you know, the the only problem with them is that cause they were so comfortable, they were so thin 
that any puck off your ankle was, or stick or whatever, you felt it. Like, yeah, you know, I took so many pucks off the side of my foot and I'd have a huge welt there because it's like this carbon fiber, really flexible material, which is great because it feels like for like quick footwork stuff and skating, you love it because it's like, but also at the same time, it's like sometimes you do like a really sharp turn and you almost feel it like flex on you a little bit and you're like, eh, I don't know about that. You know what I mean? Yeah. But um, in terms of, you know, honestly, for just being a comfortable skating, it was like it was like heaven. Like they felt great. I had a, a custom insole for my high end step. Uh, you know, I, I went to my local hockey shop uh, when it was uh, when West High Skating Stick was still in Manhattan. It's in it's in uh, Brooklyn now, but they had me stand on that thing and they like it fills up with air and it makes an impression of my under my foot. And then they made like a little thing. And I, I use those in everything. I put them in like my uncomfortable shoes and boots and stuff. So, yeah, it's great. And then finally, though, like I said, it was like uh, between like the eyelets getting a little rocked. I got those replaced a few times and then just it kind of breaking down over time. I was like, this is not going to work. So I just changed it to that. And now I have uh, VH skates, which are currently they, they were bought by True. So they're made as True skates now. But, you know, they scanned my foot and I put them on the first time. And I was like, oh, like this is how a skate should feel like because it's like literally made for my foot. You know, it was an investment, obviously, but they're so well made that like, you know, they're stiff, but they're not overtly stiff, but they're super protective and you can get it even more protection baked in if you want. And yeah, these things are going to last me forever. Like I've been wearing, I've been on those for now, probably the last th three years and admittedly like getting married in the last year, like my, my hockey playing has slowed down a lot, but still it's like they're built like tanks. They're perfectly made for my foot. They don't really break down. and yeah i love them and just i guess as a side note i have uh the um the i have the the step steel in them which is a little bit taller and it was weird to get it's hard to get used to at first because it's taller so it's like on footwork stuff it's a little weird but you can you know if you're just like gliding and doing especially if you're like playing d or something it's like great for you know it's not maybe not so good for like the quick footwork type stuff but it's like makes everything else like turning and you deeper you just you can generate a lot more power doing basic things so it's just like as long as you don't mind dealing with like a little bit having to raise your your you know and crossover and stuff you're like a little bit higher it's like once you get used to it it's great so yeah yeah all right um all right yeah i mean i, I again the the uh the 2x pro for me i actually the last game i played i took a shot off the ankle and i thought my uh my ankle bone just shattered like that's oh, how boy, painful yeah. it was yeah well again like i'm so used to wearing you know uh when i was wearing the even the bauer vapors it just seemed like they were a little bit more protective uh yeah. this it might have been just like how it just hit it just hit perfect yeah but, and right. you uh you tuck your you have your shin behind now you, you do your your tongue behind your shin guard correct yeah yeah, yeah okay and then uh, like i i don't tape my like I tape one strip around uh, for good luck. I mean, it has nothing to do with anything. Like, a, yeah, you know, James, you're 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 gonna probably think I'm an absolute mutant for doing this. Uh, I so I put my 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 tongue is over my shin, right? Yeah, but I don't flop it out. I put the sock down and then I tape around just not not the not the the guard on the back of the ankle, just around my ankle. So it's like. Imagine it's like my the, the 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 protector on the back, right? That's what they call it. Like, yeah, you have the heel protector, my shin, the my shin guard, the tongue, 
then the sock over the tongue. So it looks like you, it still looks like it's part of it. And then I tape around the front of that to the back of my shin, but not the protector just to hold it there. So right, that's a little bit of a psycho move. I know. I know. I, it's, a, it's a tough look sometimes. The only the only saving grace about it is that my tongue is not super thick. So it's kind of hard to notice. It looks like it's just I just found it like I like the mobility better. I felt like it wasn't as constrictive. I could get a little bit more forward flex. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like because I always hated like the, how the tongue flopped. Like I loved it, how it looked on Sergey Fedorov, but on me, I was like, "This is a this looks try hardy as shit." So I was like, yeah, oh, if you're gonna do the tongue flop, you just you got to go all out and just get the cut. Yeah, exactly. Like, so I them. wanted, I wanted the benefit of being able to do that without actually looking like I was doing it. So the hence why I'm I'm where I'm at right now. So yeah. All right, so let's do. Do you want to do sticks, or do you want to save that for like next podcast? Because no, let's just get this over. With. I'm okay. sure <laughs> if we All haven't right. lost people by now, we should might just get through it. All right, so sticks. Growing up, uh, the best stick that I have ever used was a CCM Vector with Cabriolet Curve. It, there's just there's never going to be another stick like it. I even took all the stickers off of it, so it was all just plain blue until yeah. I played in a state tournament where they told me that I had to have some sort of sticker on it. So I the I had the the guy had the run, assistant coach ran up to the pro shop, bought a CCM sticker, and just we had to, I had to put a sticker on it. So that's so stupid. It's so dumb. But uh, yeah, it was a sharp looking stick. It was all blue. And then uh, it was yeah, it was just unreal. And then uh, obviously growing up, the dream was to have the Z bubble with the Z bubble blade. Yeah, uh, I did have that. Um, they were solid, but the Z bubble blades I found to be. I mean, again, I was like so young using this equipment, but I did find that it was kind of like cheap, cheapo blade and like. So once it cracked a little bit, water got in it and it would expand. So uh, I didn't, I wasn't the biggest fan of their Z bubble blades, but the Z bubble shaft was was pretty solid. And then, uh, uh, then the uh, Louisville rubber. I don't know if you remember Louisville made hockey sticks for a little bit. Uh, oh. The rubber, the response. I don't know if you remember that, but that was a solid stick. I used that for a couple seasons. And then uh, the one stick that I'll never get again. Uh, so, you know, I had the privilege of being uh, friends with uh, you know, one of the equipment uh, managers of the New York Rangers, uh, Gr- Wayne Gretzky, his son, let he, they left a bunch of sticks there and he, his son had custom Hespeller sticks and mm. they were the Hespeller fiberglass, the one that Gretzky used, but his son had them in the intermediate. They're custom made for him. Uh, I got about six of those sticks and those were the, that was the best wooden stick that I ever used. Um, it wasn't even remotely close. They were so good. They were so well-made, uh, probably cause they're custom made for, uh, you know, the greatest hockey player to ever play his <laughs> son. So, um, yeah. And then right now I'm a big CCM ripcore guy. So that's what, it, that's what I use right now. Uh, I'm using the Crosby curve. Yeah. Nice. Um, is the Cabriolet curve similar to that? What was the difference? Or... Uh, Cabriolet was like, I feel like the Cabriolet was pretty close to a Pat Kane now. The P the 88. Like, yeah, it was curve, like yeah. a P 88. Uh, I had a little, you know what it was? The, you know, why I liked the vector it had like a, it didn't have a round blade. It had more of a little bit of a square. And I felt like, I felt that it was really effective, like along the boards and stuff like that. Nice. I'll see if I can find it. Yeah. 
Well, while you do that, I guess I'll uh, talk about my, my, so my first stick, even though I wasn't playing hockey, like I still wanted a stick for, cause I was a hockey fan and like for street hockey and road hockey and just whatever was, uh, the, uh, the, one of the original, I don't remember which one it was now, but it was a yellow Easton synergy, like OG Marty St. Louis style. Uh, and yeah, it was awesome. Like again, because the, the, how I measured that stick, because I wasn't really playing ice hockey at that time or professional hockey, just like stick handling in my garage or my driveway or with a ball and also like not knowing anything about like you probably you know even back then with those the, the more rugged sticks like you know you, you shouldn't be i'd tape it but it's like on your your driveway just getting all chewed up so but it was it was cheap it was like a lower end one but i just loved it based on the look because uh again like marty st louis had it and like i knew it was a different color but like so many of those guys like i grew up had the like the Easton, uh, the yellow Easton stick at one point, you know, I know yeah. that like the purple, the person, the purple synergy, right. was a, a huge one or the uh, PM. I'm sorry, which, which the one that leech had the, the purple yeah, the, one, the purple synergy. And then I think they, did they go into silver? Yeah. For the, and then they had the stealth eventually. Yeah. You know? So I had that. Uh, then when I finally started playing, cause I, 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 I'm embarrassed to say I have a pretty, I've I've also sold a lot. I bought I, like I have a pretty expansive hockey stick collection just because I a I like collecting pro stock sticks and b it's just like I'm curious so I like use some and I'm on with guys online I'll like say hey I'll like trade you this for this just because I want to try it out or just I'm not vibing with this so I do that a lot but um uh I loved the original not the one now although I've heard the the one they have now is good but the uh, the original AK twenty seven now Alexei Kovalev Warrior oh yeah. Yeah, the the with like the black silverish and the red. Mm-hmm. You know, they make one now that's like kind of like orange, burnt orange almost, which it looks cool and I've heard good things about it, but like yeah, I love that. It was awesome. And that one had a crazy like the I don't even, like the curve, the original curve on the synergy was probably it was a it was a flat toe. It was probably like what the Lidstrom is now, the whatever you call that, the you know, every company has a different thing, but it's like, just imagine a, a, a square toe and then like a kind of like a, a more subdued healed curve. But then I had the, like I said, the, the, the AK-27, which had like a gnarly, it's probably the Ovechkin curve if now that I think about it. But it, it just, I just remember it feeling like a huge curve and like, I'd obviously like would shank everything, cause, but like you felt like you shoot bullets with it, but it was just like you shank everything, you know, because it was like such a crazy curve on it and I sucked. Um, and then like, I could go on forever, but I won't. So then my, so my favorite stick all time, uh, is probably the original Bauer total one. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had that, uh, with a, well, I had two of them, but I had one with the pat, the P88 Pat Kane curve, but then I had one that was, it was like a total one pro stock. Uh, I don't even know the guy, like the guy's name. It was like, uh, it was like, like, is like, it was like Chalmer or something. I don't remember because I like immediately like got it and I like kind of like scratched it off because I was like, I'm not, don't want to rep some. I just liked the curve. I found it online. Like I like, you know, they weren't being made anymore and I wanted it. So I got it and like, but, that one had like a like a Lidstrom curve on it. So, and I don't know why what it is about the the square toe why I like it because it's like harder maybe for toe drags and stuff. But I like just more of like I don't know. I just like a lot of my favorite stick handling guys had square toes or whatever. Be it like 
uh, or more of a squarish toe, like a Datsuk or a Pat Kane or whatever, even the original Alexei Kovalev, you know? So, um, and yeah, growing up Kovalev was like a God to me. So, um, but yeah, so it's like, I like the square toes just felt, everything felt a little bit more deliberate, which I liked, you know, especially catching passes. It was easier. So, so I love that the original total one, super square shaft, you know, pretty light. And honestly, uh, most sticks now are pretty much about at least bower sticks are like they're all somehow a baby of the total one because that's like the most requested you see all the i know a bunch of guys pat kane included still like they're wrapped with the newest graphics but they're just basically the total one that g3 build you'll see a lot in pro stock sticks they're all total ones because like yeah you know there's so many only so much you can do and yes the price keep going up but for the most part maybe weight relief here and there it's just based off of that you know that was a big step for them so yeah so that that was my favorite stick of all time. My current favorite stick is made by uh, a company called. It's actually owned by Ty Ronning, who is a Rangers prospect. You remember his father, Cliff Ronning, hockey player. He owns his own hockey company. It's called Base Hockey, and what they do is because, like, if you notice in the last few years, like hockey curves are like diminishing. They only make each company only makes four now, unless you like pay them out the nose to buy like ten sticks with a custom curve, which. But base will has like all these curves that are either discontinued or pro stock curves that people might want to get, and they're pretty competitively priced. So I have a, uh, it's sitting right behind me actually. So it's the uh, it's called the base rain LT. It's but it's like all black. Gra- you can get it, you can customize what type of graphic you want. So I just got it all black. So it's all black with a black logo on it. So it's hard to see, but it's subtle. And it's got a uh, an old Bauer Shanahan curve on it, which I love. It's square toe. Uh, it's pretty, it's pr- very flat, but it's like, has a little bit, it's basically what Patrick Kane uses now, although he uses a modified version. His lie is like super high. It's like seven. So, yeah. because you know, he stick handles right in his feet. Uh, and his, he's got a bit of a smaller blade on it now it's still long, but like this one's a huge, it's like a canoe paddle, but yeah, it's super deliberate. You know, I suck. So I like it. It's easy. I like it. Cause it's like. I like a flatter curve anyway, uh, but it's got enough going on the toe if I want to do something there. It's great for passing, obviously. It's like saucers are a dream with it. You don't even have to try because you have a nice long blade to ramp it off. But backhands are awesome on it because it's like it's very flat and then it has just a gradual turn. So you can almost backhand it off of two areas where some of those sticks you can only put it in like, especially the 92, if you don't get it in the right spot, like the, the Crosby curve, it's like you get it towards the toe. It's great, but you get towards the heel, you're a little like, eh. This one, it's like no matter where you put it, it's like, you know, bar down, it's easy. So, or easier, I should say. But yeah. So that's what I'm using now. And I love it. But, uh, you know, again, uh, I need big, long, flat curves because with anything other than that, I'm either like shooting into the, shooting the lights out, you know, of literally of the arena. I'm like shanking into the lights or I'm just like, yeah, going to kill yeah. someone. So. Well, I, uh, well, I also heard that you had a new tool uh, in your arsenal. Oh, yeah. Not- that's right. Not not uh, not exactly ho- hockey related, but gets the job done. Uh, do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so very pleased to announce we have a brand new sponsor, and I'm sure you've seen their ads around. We are I re- James and I both received very nice care packages from Manscaped uh, this uh, weekend, and everyone they hooked us the fuck up. And so I open, I get this box, I open it up. What do I see? First off, there's a newspaper. Uh, the Manscaped Times, beautiful touch with a bunch of humorous articles and just things about men's grooming and health. 
free t-shirt that says Manscaped on the front. On the back, it says your balls will thank you. So I had a good chuckle about that. So now I have a new shirt to when I'm feeling a little bit more boisterous, I can wear around. Uh, we each received a pair of boxer briefs, which I'm probably going to wear tonight and try them out. They look nice. They're uh, yeah, they look uh, they look pretty. Uh, they're black. They're say Manscaped on the band. And yeah, they look pretty sleek. So maybe I'm you know, who knows. Uh, put on a show later for my wife. Uh, we received one. And now here's the here's the kicker. I actually got to try the razor. We got a razor, the lawnmower 3.0. Uh, and it's basically if if Lockheed Martin had to design a razor, an electric razor specifically for male grooming, it would look like this. It's beautiful. It has a light that when you turn it on, it like perfectly shines in the path of where you're grooming. Uh, it's got it's a super safe, uh, you know, ergonomic teeth on it. So like, you know, I, I have a, a, a Norelco razor I've been using forever that I used to shave my chest in some other places. Uh, and it's like, it gets the job done, because, but it's like, it's made for everything. It's made for cutting hair, whatever you want to do, beards. So it's like good for that maybe. But like when you get to your body hair, it's just too much. It's like too fast. It's like you nick yourself or it you leave you get those scratch marks from leaving this is like on your skin you take the comb guide off and you can rub it on your skin and the hair comes off but there's no irritation you're not getting scratched you're not worried about getting some skin snagged and it's one thing if it's on your chest you get nicked and it sucks but if it's on below there it's game over right so yeah, absolutely. i said i had it i took it into the shower and i did a little grooming and without being too explicit it was worked beautifully and i'm i'm not saying this because like we they were nice enough to hook us up i'm literally saying this because i was surprised i was like oh my god like this is actually awesome like it's waterproof so it the 3.0 can't uh will not fail on you in the shower lithium ion battery um and just yeah usually you got to be super uh careful you maybe have to hold and fan things out to make smooth surfaces I was a little bit, I was able to move through this whole thing a little bit faster because like I said, you rub it on your skin and like nothing catching. The teeth themselves are like rounded so they don't hurt. The light makes it super easy to see what you're doing so you don't miss anything, especially you're in your shower. It's like, you know, you don't, I don't have an overhead shower light, so it's a little dark in there. So I, I complete my task. I look upon my handiwork and I, you know, give a good nod. And I, they were also nice enough to include, uh, deodorant. A ball deodorant and ball toner so now i'm like okay you know you dry off you apply the deodorant so that's going to keep me fresh i still feel fresh i put it on this morning uh you know i've been wearing jeans all day and, and tight boxers but nope they still f- seem uh, fresh to, as a daisy and they also the toner is very nice you they, if you want a little bit of sp- uh, zest and spritz and uh hop in your step you spritz them up and you get that nice uh yeah it just felt very it feels great. Like, no, you know, usually, you know, you, you shave, you have that uh, irritation feeling afterwards a bit, you know, where it's like, okay, or you feel a little bit like skin on skin chafing. None of that. It's nice and yeah, everything's good. The pH down there is perfect. So uh, <laughs> there you go. That's all but that matters. And I, that's really all that matters. I haven't yeah. got, gotten a chance to use mine yet, but I will let everyone know how what my experience is. And I'm sure it's going to be good because I haven't heard one bad experience using uh, the Manscaped. So, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I would imagine that our, our women are going to have to keep a little bit of a tighter leash. I mean, with the, the amount of confidence that's going to be, uh, you know, coming out, oozing out of our, our, our pores 
you know, after using the Manscaped and, and, and ball toner and it, you know, it, they're going to have to, you know, shorten that leash for sure. Yeah, man. So, you know, it just in, in, in a nutshell, pun intended, uh, if you're looking for a men's grooming tool and hell, you know what, even if you're a woman, like if you're someone who, uh, like just likes to shave and, and not just your, your undercarriage. What, like I said, I used it on my chest. I used it on my back and my arms. You just like to shave some general body hair off, you know, and you want it to be safe and not irritate and not leave any scratches or nicks or scuff. This is absolutely perfect. Uh, you know, uh, apparently they spent, uh, 18 months perfecting the, the new improved. This is the 3.0 lawnmower, uh, that they have now, you know, so this is the third iteration and every time it's apparently it's just gotten better and better. Uh, they have, it's a 70,000 RPM motor and it's quiet. It's super quiet. Uh, you know, it's not like, it's not, it's just like a, it's like that a soothing buzz when you turn something on. And yeah, again, the, the, uh, the smart ergonomically placed light is perfect. And obviously, you know, if when you uh, shave down there, it helps. It makes it seems like you're uh, you trim the hedges and your tree is standing a little bit taller. You know what I'm saying? So we'd like to thank uh, Manscaped for sponsoring us. If you you can get 20 percent off and free shipping when you use the promo code THPN uh, at Manscaped.com upon checkout. That's THPN as in the Hockey Podcast Network. And yeah, honestly, the biggest thing, like I said earlier, I did a spa spa day with my wife, but I also did a little spa work myself in the morning and I just feel great. And honestly, there's no better time to pamper yourself than right now. You're stuck inside. You want to feel good about yourself. You don't want to feel like you've been wearing the same pair of sweatpants. Like some days you just have to say, you know what? I'm going to do the full 90 hours. I'm going to take a nice shower. I'm going to do a little grooming, feel good. I'm going to, you know, do some pamper. I'm just, you put on, maybe put on a little cologne, who knows, you know, whether that's, uh, uh, you know, deodorant and cologne for your, for your undercarriage and, or, you know, up top. So yeah, treat yourself 20% off. Uh, it's a beautiful rate. Like, and again, I, we're not just saying this cause we're sponsored by them. I was legit caught by surprise that how well this worked because yeah, it's usually, you want to do it, but it's a, you don't want to. You have to be careful. It takes a while. You're then you're you're gonna knock on the door like, why are you still in the shower? You know. And this was easy. It was quick, and it worked out beautifully. So, kudos to our friends at Manscape. Thank you for bearing with us this week while we talked hockey equipment. Uh, like James said up top, we have a lot more fun guests coming on. We have some interesting things down the pike. Obviously, as information comes out about what the NHL is doing with the draft and playoffs, we can. Uh, have some timely content coming out about that but yeah just stay with us uh thank you for listening thank you to our friends at manscaped for sponsoring uh our podcast uh yeah and i don't know what you're all waiting for go out there and get the lawnmower 3.0 today because it's manscaped season thank you for listening to the broadway boys podcast be sure to follow us on twitter at broadway boys pod and please rate review and subscribe on apple Podcasts, spotify soundcloud or the hockey podcast network.com you're listening to the hockey podcast network on twitter at hockey Podnet. new episodes every monday and thursday download at the hockey podcast or wherever you get your podcasts from <laughs>